Hey, let's pray as we get into it. Jesus, uh, this afternoon I, I ask that you would work in every one of us. Lord, fill us with your spirit. Lord, I want to ask that you, would, uh, that you would speak powerfully to each one of us. Draw us closer to yourself, that uh, no matter where we are in our journey, that, um, that we would grow more in love with you, that we would be encouraged to live our, our weeks uh, more pointed at you. Lord, that those conversations that we find ourselves having this week, uh, that we would be able to pull you into those conversations to help people to know you. Um, And Lord, we pray that you would work powerfully in our lives, that we would become more like you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, um, Gemma and I were getting ready recently and, um, uh, and, um, uh, the, the conversation went something like this. Shane, why, uh, Shane, are you, are you rushing so that you can get me a coffee? And I said, um, I'm not rushing. And uh, Gemma said again, Shane, are you rushing so that you can get me a coffee? And I said, oh, Gemma, would you like a coffee? <laughs> <laughs> and then Gemma said, Let, let's start again. Shane, why are you rushing? And I said... Uh, so that I can make your coffee. <laughs> she thanked me, and I went and made her a coffee. <laughs> I, I think that sometimes in life we find ourselves in situations where where we don't quite understand what's going on or what God is trying to say. And this verse is actually one where I find that it actually polarizes us as Christians. Let's have a look at it. Matthew 16, verses 24 and 25. It says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. See, I guess that what I've seen is that typically... As Christians, we see one side of a two-sided coin. There are the Christians who would actually say that life, and what this passage is trying to say, is that we will have this life which is crazy good where in picking up Jesus' life where we no longer have to worry about any of the troubles. And then there's the opposite side of the coin where there are Christians who would actually say in this space that life actually becomes such a drudgery because we are taking up our cross that there actually is no life. But I believe that neither of those opposites are correct and there's actually a middle place where God wants us to be. See, throughout the Bible we see a whole bunch of verses like this. Matthew 5.45 He says this, uh, we read this, He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I don't know about you, but I've been through a few difficult times in my life. Gee, we just heard about Finn and his situation at school. 
man. Wow. Gee, what an awesome young man that he was willing to share that. Incredible. But we've been through good and bad. And I know plenty of people who don't want anything to do with Jesus and yet they seem to be doing incredibly well in their life. Good and bad for good and bad. That's the world we live in. It's not like once we become Christians, everything becomes rosy and great. It's also not that everything becomes bad. In fact, there are lots of times in my life where Things have happened which I've absolutely loved and I've felt passionate about the season in life. Meeting Gemma was one of the most beautiful things that happened. We all find ourselves in those situations where God gives us good as well. Good and bad for good and bad. We also see in John 16.33, Jesus says this, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. He's actually talking through a whole bunch of things that are going to happen to him and to the disciples. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world. See, hardship, yes. But what Jesus is trying to say is that we are encouraged that there is more to the story, that he has actually already overcome, that we don't need to worry about the tribulations. In James 1, 2 and 4, we read this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. See, the point of taking up our cross is that we are to be made perfect And complete, lacking in nothing. See, I think that that the life that we are designed to have, this middle point, this middle ground, which I want to suggest, is that we recognise that there are going to be difficulties in our life. We recognise also, as followers of Jesus, that he's going to take us through some incredible times in in our journey as well. But that as a part of that, he also wants to give us the tools to overcome. That he never wants to leave us in that place. And even the times when they can seem overwhelming, that Jesus says, you might feel like you're overwhelmed, but I am the overcomer. I am the one who is producing in you steadfastness, faith. These things that are happening to you are helping you to have a life which is way more abundant than the ignoring the bad stuff. And definitely way more abundant than the the worm theology which says that life will just be all about the cross. But instead it's a life which says we find strength and courage in our God in the midst of the trials and the difficulties. Because we worship a God who has overcome. And he wants us to be overcomers as well. Let me illustrate this. I have a whole bunch of pictures for you here now. Uh, This, uh, if anyone's been through this situation, is our first house. Um, Actually, it's our only house. And um, 
I, I shouldn't uh, over-speak about myself. Anyway, so it's our first house. You can see Gemma and our youngest daughter there, Sierra. And actually, it's not really a house yet. It's just a slab. Um, but uh, we absolutely loved it. Hey, presto. There we go. House, just like that, instantly. We all know that's exactly how it happens. <laughs> but it was actually six months of me going and watering the slab and going and checking it and making sure that the builders were doing a good job. They did actually do a really good job. We were really happy. But, um, uh, yeah, this is me painting. So the week before we moved in, so it was a, a turnkey build where they... Um, did everything, but they didn't do any of the painting and stuff like that. So I took a week off work and went and painted for 12, 14 hours a day. It was ridiculous. Um, uh, here is me building the shed in the backyard. Um, those blocks were 40 kilos each. I don't know if anyone's... Yeah. 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 They're crazy. It's, it's like about a ton of blocks right there. This is the retic. Has anyone put retic in? Yes. Okay, you've put in retic. Retic is it's it's one of those little thin shovels, and you've just got to go and uh, build uh, like take a trench or uh, dig a trench all around the backyard. Man, Perth is hot. <laughs> I know about it. Then let's keep going. This was starting to build in the backyard. One of the look. I'm, I don't actually think I'm. A builder, I don't. I, I can do a few things, and my dad sort of gives me a few ideas here and there to make sure that I'm on the right track. But this was really fun. But I had to. I was often getting up at five thirty or six o'clock in the morning, and starting to dig holes and put all of this together so that this could happen. It was pretty crazy work, and then we end up with the finished product which was incredible. Mind you, behind this was like 14 loads, trailer loads of dirt. And I'm a bit of a cheapskate, so I <laughs> went and picked up loads of dirt from people on Facebook who just wanted to go on. <laughs> so, that's right. So, uh, Everywhere. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, we loved it. There's, there's our shed. It's like, well, look... The real estate agents haven't told us that it's blown apart yet. So we believe it's still standing. So uh, that was pretty amazing. And there's the inside of our home. It was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. But uh, I came to realise through this process that, um, that to get to that stage, it actually took a heck of a lot of hard work. Did it feel like hard work, though? Actually, oh, yeah, sometimes you're right. It did. But because I kept on seeing the end point, the goal, the understanding that there was something to come, it actually started to not feel like such a big deal. And all along the way, there were these things which would happen. A, a mate of mine from, uh, from Sydney actually ended up living in Perth, and he had a Mr. Retic business. So he actually came around and helped me to put all the retic down. We actually got a whole bunch of that lawn given to us by one of the gardeners in the area who, uh, every time he finished uh, a, some lawn in the area, he'd just come and drop off like four or five metres of, 
of lawn. It was crazy. It, it was like God kept on dropping all these little things into our life to try to help us through the process. Even the painting. Tell you what, by the, by the start of the week, I was, at the start of the week, I was gung-ho and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this done in a week. And by about the first six hours, I was like, oh, crap, what have I done? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but, <laughs> so relatable. <laughs> but, but then I had a whole bunch of people from church um, say, hey, Shane, do you need a hand? And one day we had... <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right, exactly. One day I had about ten people around all painting different parts of the house. Absolutely amazing. It was incredible. It was worth going through the hardships because by the end of it, our little home was our little home. It was beautiful. So when we come to be thinking about this life that sits before us, is the life going to be without trials, without problems? No, it's not. Should life be just all feeling like we are bearing a burden all the time? No. See, God invites us into this place where we recognise that to build his kingdom, it's not going to be easy, but he's going to resource us. He's going to look after us. He's going to give us what we need so that we would go towards the end point. So what is that end point? Well, firstly, Jesus is very obviously talking in this verse about a real physical death. In Romans 6 verse 5 it says this, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, if we have taken up the cross as he's asked us to, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Death has lost its sting. How good is that? All of a sudden we find ourselves taking up our cross has a completely new meaning in that one alone. That death no longer matters for us. COVID no longer matters for us. <laughs> Secondly, Jesus invites us into a life now of freedom despite whatever we may face. In Galatians 5.1 it says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. We are not. Uh, the, the image of taking up, the, taking up our cross is an important image. But it's not one which we are supposed to then continue and say we have this burden to carry. Because the scriptures here, Galatians 5 verse 1 says that why did Christ die for us? Why does he call us to take up our cross? For freedom. Because he wants us to live in freedom. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Thirdly, and most importantly, we are becoming more like Christ. We are drawn into the opportunity to know our Saviour. 
Let me just point out how significant this one is. This number three is the most significant one. There is no other religion on earth which invites people into personal relationship with their saviour. There is no other religion, there is no other philosophy on earth in which there is a story in which the curtain was ripped from bottom, from top to bottom so that we could relate personally with our Saviour. That is astounding. And I think that sometimes, I, I know for me, I've, I've come to, to spend so much time with Jesus that actually spending time with Jesus just feels like it's like whatever. But when I really think through this opportunity to live with Christ, and we all, in verse 18, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, this is, a, um, uh, th- this is designed to actually encourage the Jews to think about what happened with Moses uh, in the desert who would go into the tent, he would actually unveil his face, spend time with God, and because he'd spent time with God, was glowing, and people couldn't handle it, and so he would have to put a veil back over his face. And we all, who with unveiled faces, folks, we are being invited into that tent, into the very presence of God. We get to contemplate the Lord's glory and being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Whoa! God wants us to be just like him. He wants to spend time with you and with me. Whoa! That is out of this world. That is amazing. The greatest thing in the world that could possibly happen to us. The greatest possible endpoint of this journey is that we would know Christ, that we would know our Saviour, now and into eternity. Just have one more thing which I'd like to do, but I need to take this off. So just give me two seconds. I will be back. I'm not being raptured. Get this back on for those who are online. They asked me, who was, what, what is my favourite food? And I said to them, it's bread. You know what's amazing is that bread is one of those things which I just can't get enough of. Do you know what I mean? Pizza. Like, talking bakery bread, right? We're, we're talking, Fresh mate, bread. we're talking real bread. Yeah. <laughs> bread is, there's just something about it, isn't there? See, pizza, I could, uh, I could definitely enjoy pizza, but it gets to a point where you start feeling like it's just greasy and gross. Jesus comes to us and says, Folks, take up your cross. Follow me. Put down your life. Take up my life. 
And he says to us, I am the bread of life. Folks, I can't move very far. Oh, sorry. I'm breaking microphones. No, I'm Didn't not you do that when you first came? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just shout for the online audience. Yeah, it's here. 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 Folks, see, I think that sometimes as we, as we spend time living this Christian life that we forget that Jesus is actually just amazing. Mm. Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. He's saying to us, Today, come and eat him. Come and be with him. Come and spend time with him. Because he wants to show us life. A life which isn't lacking in troubles. But it's a life in which we overcome. And where faith grows steadfastness, resilience where we were able to become overcomers because he was the first overcomer. Let's pray. Jesus, this afternoon, we really do thank you for the life you offer. Lord, it's not devoid of troubles, but we know it's a life in which we are being drawn closer to you every day. We ask that this week that we will draw closer to you. Lord, come be with us. Come fill us with your spirit. Lord, that you would be glorified through our lives so that we would fall in love with you again. Thank you, Jesus.